So it's like, if that shuts down, that door closes right now and you can exhaust it. You know what I'm saying here? But you have to also know like time to say, what am I gonna do next? Welcome to Pencil Leadership. I'm Chris Anderson, success and lifestyle entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help you realize your full potential so you can leave a positive mark on the world. So if you're ready, take out your pencils and let's begin. Albert Pike said, what we have done for ourselves alone dies with us. What we have done for others in the world remains and is immortal. And King Solomon said, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Eric Patrick Thomas, AKA Mr. Inspire, is an entrepreneur who is passionate about changing the way people view disabilities because he himself lives with a disability every day. He was shot and paralyzed from the neck down and now throughout his journey, Eric uses those experiences to empower resilience and inspire change for people with barriers. So if you wanna learn how to live inspired every day, this episode is for you. And if you like anything you hear, make sure you share it on Instagram and tag at Pencil Leadership and subscribe to the show so you don't miss future episodes. Well, what's happened to me, like, as people can see or hear, like I said earlier, that I do use a power wheelchair controlled by my breath. That happened September 20th of 97. I was a hip-hop artist. I'm still a hip-hop artist. Celebrating our music project, my group Miscellaneous, and I went outside to check the parking lot. And as I was coming back into the house or on the steps, someone came around the DJ van and pulled a gun and opened fire. Boom, 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 boom. And then that's kind of like I was facing the house. So they shot me from the back and they hit me in the neck. Mm. In the third and fourth vertebrae still had the bullet lodged right there between the vertebrates. Oh, wow. And when that happened, instantly I spun. So the other one grazed the back of the skull. And then I fell down to the cement and then I lost the ability to move completely the whole body from the head down to the feet. At the same time, I also lost the ability to breathe. So I wasn't able to breathe on my own either. And I wasn't able to speak or call out or let anybody know I was alive or fine or anything. So I just kind of laid there and just, you know, was thinking about like, I'm 20 years old. I just turned 20 in July. It's September and this is it. Wow. It kind of felt like unfinished. Like there was more to life. Was it a random act? We don't know. There was really no real police investigation. Really? So they never caught the guy? No, they never caught who or who. Oh, my or goodness. Been or, people. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And you were hit twice. Well, definitely once because the bullet's right. in me. Right, right, right. The other one looks like it grazed the back grazed of the skull. It. So if you yeah, were in a spawn, do you think that would have hit you direct in the skull? It's possible. Wow. Yeah, it's possible. That would have caught me right in the back of the head hard. Oh my God. Yeah, because I think the reaction, like you hear something, so you turn mm-hmm. to your left, you know, like what's, mm-hmm. it's this natural reaction to your body, you know, sound is coming from, the bang is coming from your left ear. So you automatically just kind of turn to you. And so, yeah, unless the bully hit me in the neck, it's on me too. So I know it's so many different, like, variables like you know that could have happened so you get shot you're laying there on the ground really can't function at all just laying there and what's that like does the life flash before your eyes like everyone says no there is some kind of all communication is shut down and then you're vibrating it's almost like waves of vibrating it's kind of like and you keep hearing the gunshot too and the and then like your constant communication of prayer like 
there's some kind of direct connection that you're talking to. Mm. You know what I mean? There's like, hey, I'm having a conversation with my maker right now. Yeah. And I want to survive. Is that what you're asking? Hey, can I live through this? Can yeah, I, I probably didn't say it like that. But yeah. <laughs> right. Like, hey, man. Like, you know, I was, but it was, it, but it's without talking. So you remember that too. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're talking, you can hear your voice and you can hear the other side voice, but you're not physically actually using your voice or your mouth. But in your brain, you hear yourself talking. Mm-hmm. It's like some type of communication. And you're just like, whatever it is, like, I just got to, you know, I'm a faithful person. So I know that you got my back and let's do this. Now, wow. if I wasn't faithful, I don't know how that scenario would work out because I have my strong faith and like my upbringing. So say I didn't have any of that, where would I be? Like, yeah. would I have still been able to connect? Mm-hmm. Would I still have had that type of connection or would it have been just like disconnected? Or yeah. would that have been the time that I actually got introduced to the faith or True. introduced to the connection and say, okay, you know what? Life is real. I'm down. You changed my mind. You know what I'm saying? I got right. humbled. Yeah. You know, there's something, you know, so. So how long did it take someone to find you out there? Did they know instantly? Like, did they hear the gunshots and come out and, yeah. and see you? Okay. There was like about 10 people outside at the time. Okay. That's when I went outside to make sure nobody was like in my neighbor's yards mm. or house or stuff. Like Things were calm, you know, just trying to make sure everything was all right. Does these things happen a lot in your neighborhood, like shootings and things when you're growing well, up? Well, that neighborhood in the daytime, it was pretty calm. At night, it was a different story. Nighttime was different. Daytime was more busy business, government, because it was by the Capitol. Oh, wow. So it's a little different. But where I am now, on the west side of Flint, it's just, I mean, you hear gunshots and you're like, whatever. Dude, it's like, oh, someone's shooting or, you know. Yeah. It's not rare. Put it that way. We could be on yeah. the broadcast and someone could be, bah, 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 and you'd be like, well, you all right? I'm like, yeah, so someone's shooting. Jeez. That's all. It's unfortunate that my mind yeah. actually goes like that because, you know, I've been on broadcast actually where someone actually did. They're like, and the person, the host on the other end's like, the eyes are big. They're like, do we need to let you go? And I'm like, no, I don't think so. Let me check the camera. No, I think we're good. Just, you know, and they're like, especially like New Year's. Mm-hmm. I had a broadcast at live New Year's and it was like a war zone. They were just like, they're like, what is that? I'm like, well, it's either fireworks or gunshots. It's one of the, Jeez. you know. So you're laying there, people find you, obviously call 911, things like that. So you get taken to the hospital and start that yeah. whole process of like, how close were you to actually like fully dying? They had to intubate me. So they put tubes in my mouth mm-hmm. to breathe, and, you know, the ventilator or the life support. Then they had to drill four screws in my head. They put me in a halo to stabilize the spine. And then I communicated with dive links, but they were like, you know, the first, what was it, like 48, 78 hours or something. You know, you're not able to move from the neck down, but also, you know, we don't even know mm-hmm. what your survival is. So that's what kicks in first. That's like the number one goal is survival. So you yeah. want to survive. So that's like your number one thing. Okay, I got to survive. And that comes with like the respiratory therapist. They're suctioning you. They're like sticking uh-huh. this straw down your throat and down the tubes, like you where you're intubated. And they're it's pulling all the secretions out your lungs because it's locked because you get pneumonia because your lungs fill up with fluid right yeah. away. And you're getting turned in this bed. This bed's turning you back and forth. It's just like you're alert, but at the same time you're going through every single emotion in bare like just all these stages of weather. It's like a storm. 
you know, all of a sudden it lightens up and then it just heavy, rains heavy or wind blows, hurricanes and typhoon, whatever it is. You know, it's like a storm and waves are crashing. You're in a boat or something. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, it's calm now. Mm. All of a sudden it's like. <laughs> Did you know yeah. immediately or shortly after that you were going to be paralyzed from the neck down? Like, did they tell you that or is that later? They tell you right away. Wow. Yeah. But what was that like hearing that? Like I've been through so much stuff at like the last 24 hours or the last the, the last 12 hours or eight hours, whatever it was. And it's time to process it, but just survival. The other thing is, is like our minds are so tricked based by media and television and movies that, you know, this is a temporary thing, you know, because that's what happens. You know, someone gets a spinal cord injury and then they're like a month later, they're up, you know, doing karate kicks and stuff. <laughs> Or whatever, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, or they grow a beard six months later, they come out of a coma and there's no muscle atrophy set in. It's totally different. It's not reality. Yeah. You know, it took a long time for me to be able to just sit up for like 20 degrees or like, cause you're on this bed and then they try to put your head up. And then what happens? Your blood pressure drops. And you pass out, you pass out all the time. And then they wow. put you on a thing called a tilt table. So it's like you're laying, but they try to, but it's like a state, but they put you in a standing position mm-hmm. when they strap you to this table. Then you get up, you're at 30, 40, you're like, uh, that's it. Yeah, wow. lights out. You start hearing the sound like in a tunnel, and then everything starts turning white. <laughs> and then you know it's happening. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm going out, I'm going out. And then they wake <laughs> you up, and you're they're like, you passed out. Like, really? Did I? Like, <laughs> Thanks, the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, so they stabilize you. You're now paralyzed from the neck down. Yeah. It's starting the process of recovery. Even you're talking about being inclined slowly, so you didn't pass out. I'm sure the rest of yeah. your therapy, your recovery was just as intense and hard. Yeah. First, my communication was eye blanks because I wasn't able to okay. talk at that time and, or eat. And then, you know, as you're recovering, you know, day by day. Then eventually the doctor said that he wasn't going to breathe on his own again. So they said, I would never do this. <sighs> never do that wow. again. So they took the tubes out of the, the mouth and they put them in your throat. And that's called a tracheotomy. So, and so now you have a trach. Same thing, just in a different location. Basically saying it's permanent, you know. And you still go through the same suctioning and all that stuff. But I was able to move my mouth now. And then I learned how to communicate with tongue clicks. So that's my form of communication. And I was able to eat again. That was great. So not being able to eat again, amazing. I'm so appreciative of food. I appreciate everything, actually. Life, air, water, food, all of it. Because when it's taken away, it's even a greater appreciation you'd ever think about. And then there's physical therapy and occupational therapy. So they come into your room. And then that's where you learn about that. But it's just basics, you know, stretching you, range of motion. Not really intense therapy. There really was not. I wasn't going down somewhere. I was just getting it from the bedside. At the same time, you know, the bed stuff and then learning about bowel and bladder management, all this new stuff that's hitting you at one time. At 20 years old, I can't imagine. When did you finally start to process and understand and like think about the future? Like this is going to be me for the future. Probably years later, I would say, because, you know, when the hospital, then you go to rehab, this whole boot camp place that's going to help you rebuild yourself the way you are now, or, and try to also, maybe we can get some movement or sensation back to at the same mm-hmm. time. When I went to rehab, which was Craig Hospital in Inglewood, Colorado, the reason that that place was chosen was to get off the ventilator. So that was the next goal. Once I was able to stabilize and I was surviving, then it was to get off the vent. 
So okay. that's what ended up out there. So that okay. goal was strictly to get off the ventilator. Which it worked, it looks like. Yeah, it did. That's like two and a half weeks before I was coming home, I got off the ventilator. Wow. But it's intense though. The respiratory therapists come in, they turn the ventilator off for 30 seconds, then you breathe, you know, or you try to breathe or you figure it out. And then they come back and they do it three times a day, five days a week. Mm. You got the weekends off. When you're able to start breathing without the ventilator, like, and you knew you're going to get off of it. How did that feel? I didn't know like when I was going to get off, mm-hmm. I was just pushing towards the goal. I had to stay focused on the mm. goal. Yeah. You know, the target, I had to stay focused on what's the end goal. And that's to get off the ventilator and breathe on my own without this machine. Because I would take like, I would do really good. Mm-hmm. I'd take like 30 steps forward. Then the next day, I'd take like 50 steps backwards. You have to stop any of the frustration that's going to stop that. Because wow. that's taking away the energy of you moving forward. So no matter how difficult, good or bad it gets, you have to stay focused and move forward because mm. all your energy and your attention needs to focus on getting off the ventilator. You cannot let distractions happen, mm. no matter what. And so you have to just stay focused on that. At the same time, you're also doing more physical occupational therapy and physical therapy too. They actually go down to like a gym where they put you on a mat and they work you and they teach you about technology. I use the computer with like a head pointer mouse mm. and then I use Dragon you know, voice recognition. And then they have this thing called Tetra class, I think it was. And that was kind of like an educational class where they teach you about you and your new body and yourself and directing your care and teaching other people about you and social stuff, relationships, working and all whatever, advocating, all that stuff. So now you're going to class too. This wasn't some place that you went and just like, you know, vacation resort. Type thing. This, is, this was work. Right. This was boot camp. This we're building you. I'm sure you had ups and downs within like your mindset and things like that. But how did you continue to almost right? I mean, because we're going to get into it, inspiration. But how did you kind of keep that inspiration going forward? I know you had the goal of getting off the ventilator, but besides yeah. that, how did you keep your mindset in an inspired state? Most definitely, always prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing that there's hope that I've came this far. You know, I'm going to keep going. That's a big part. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I said without that, I don't know how people will be able to really progress as much as I did because I saw the works, the miracles happening. One time a priest came into the room and actually asked me, do I forgive who or whom did this? Mm. He said, who or whom? So there could be multiple people. I don't even know how he knows what happened to me, but I said, yes, but I wasn't able to speak. I was able to use my mouth, but not Mm. audio. And like when forgiveness was given, man, it was like the world opened up, the sky mm. opened up and the change happened. Like I got wow. off the halo. I started talking wow. through the ventilator. It was like forgiveness nice. started all that. It was all changed, man. Everything. It's the biggest thing. Was it hard it's, to forgive? No. No. Okay. Didn't even have to think about it because I think it was time. The things that I've learned in the last 20 years, you know, whatever from the bullying that I got you know, that, that I've had to witness with myself to the fights, to just everything, you know, it wasn't like childhood was uh, just rainbows and cupcakes, you know? <laughs> yeah. I do like cupcakes, but um, <laughs> it was tough. You know, I went through a lot of different barriers, a lot of challenges, a lot of things that built my skin thick, Yeah, built my character. And so I was prepared. Wow. I was prepared and made the right decision. You know, I That's made the huge. right choice because a lot of wow. people are not able to do that. No. And that's an amazing testament to your faith and who you are to be able to forgive someone for what they did to you. And so, 
And I think it just goes into what you're doing about helping people live inspired. And with that, like, when did you realize, like, I want to make this because I know you're a hip hop artist, things like that. You do a bunch of different things. When did you realize easy awareness by design and living inspired was kind of your mission? That happened years, years later where it came into play. And I can do like highlights on and like drag it on. But when I left rehab, I got Uh off the ventilator two and a half weeks before I left. So I went back to my mom and stepdad's house. So that's where I was living. And I had to go in a nursing home or adult living facility. Basically, it was like all those questions happened. Like, what am I going to do now? I'm back on planet Earth. Because it felt like I was on a different planet. Now I'm back on planet Earth. And what am I going to do? I learned a resource called Disability Network. And through there, I was able to start hiring my own caregivers Mm -hmm. to take care of me. So my life became a business overnight, Hmm. you know, like that. And I had to learn everything, scheduling and hiring process, you know, you name it, just like a business. And then I started to go back to college through Michigan Rehab Services. That was another resource in the area. And I was just absorbing everything, you know. And I was like, what am I going to do? And I went back to music. I tried to open a record label. Mm. I figured out how to incorporate. I learned how to, you know, with the internet. So I learned how to do articles of incorporation. So I did all that, miscellaneous records, Inc. And then, you know, the artists, they want to be superstars, you know, overnight success, which is nothing. That's not real. Right. It's not reality. It just felt like I was going against the grain too much. And I just, I was like, I'm going to move on to something else. From that work, somebody in Detroit heard about me that had a newspaper. So they came up to me and they said, I want you to distribute, write a column, get advertisement. And I was like, all right, that's cool. I love music. I'll maybe work with music artists. So I work with all kinds of music artists in Michigan, not only just Michigan. At this time, MySpace is starting to come into play. So now there's this new social media type of buzz. And then I did that for like five or six years. Then the paper shut down. Mm. And then I did some mentoring for like a couple of years. Then the grant got pulled. Then I was like, what am I doing now? So I'm like going back to music. So I opened up an internet radio station um, through Live 365. I had a blanket license. It was going good for a while. But the internet radio was in trouble because of royalty rates. And it was going to close in mid-2000. And so here I am going to Washington, D.C., speaking at the House and Senate introducing the Internet Radio Equality Act. It passed, and but later on, they found loopholes in the royalty rates, mm. and we had to shut down. If you look, Pandora shut down, Yahoo Shoutcast shut down, AOL Radio shut down at one time, and they had to relaunch. Wow. I don't think 365 ever shut down, but my, and eventually I had to shut down my internet radio station. I just couldn't afford it because the ads weren't there. It was ad-based. Mm-hmm. That's how I ran it. And then now it's like, what am I doing now? And then that's when I went back to a childhood dream to starting my own t-shirt company. And I always wanted my own clothing line from the time I was young, you know, hip hop clothes. I used yeah. to wear my shirt inside out. I used to picture, <laughs> I used to visualize Sire, my name backwards on the shirt and stuff. And then when airbrushing came out, I did like some, I had some airbrush clothes and stuff, but I went back to that dream and then started writing a business plan and some of the services I get supportive employment. I worked with Goodwill and they have a contract with the services that I receive. And we started writing the business plan. And then I went to look for investors and I didn't find any yet. And then my friend Ziad, also the president of D-Man Foundation, where I'm still a hip hop artist at. And then he has multiple businesses. So instead of being just an investor, he wanted to be a business partner where I had his resources. So right off the start, I was able to have like, his, you know, their attorneys, their bookkeepers or CPAs, you know, and whatnot. And we got mm-hmm. incorporated. And then the name Easy Awareness by Design, which stands for Eric and Ziad, 
bring awareness by design. We got incorporated in July of 2011. And then I found the location. Goodwill just happened to be an open incubator space. So I said, this will be a great spot. So I was the very first person in there. And before you know it, November 2011, you see awareness by design's doors opened up. And the very first shirt was made like right before Thanksgiving hmm. of November. And then from there, I just learned who to work with. Like the wholesalers, you know, everything, just getting on the phone or getting on the internet and finding out where I'm going to get stuff. Mm. You know, I can remember you see pictures of me in this open space with like a cardboard box and a laptop on top of it. <laughs> and that was my office. You know, that was my workstation. And that's how we worked. I hired a graphic design artist and then we just worked towards it. And then I had to let that graphic design artist go. At first I was like, what am I going to do? But then I was like, you know, everything will work out. And so this was 2012. Then I hired a new person in June of 2012. And then that person has been with me since, you know, the 2012. I think from all this, sorry to jump in, but like, yeah, just amazing. Like one, okay. You get shot and become paralyzed from the neck down. Yeah. And then you recover enough to talk, eat, breathe, and then learn all this technology. And then you go after a bunch of different endeavors to try to start and you have success and then they go down. But what I really pick out of this, and I think it's so amazing and it just unbelievable just character and strength from you is each time that you're in this valley, like you picked yourself back up and you kept going forward. Like you kept looking, okay, what's next? Like, what can I do next? You didn't just kind of throw in the towel and wallow around and oh, woe is me. Like, so, oh my goodness. I've even found myself in those moments. I'm like, well, this dang it, like whatever. And then I have to snap out of it, but like, just how you responded to all that. It's inspiring. It really is. And so it's just so awesome. And again, I'm guessing your faith is what kept you inspired to keep going forward, even in all those times. Yeah. What do they call that? Pivoting in yeah. the pandemic era? That's what <laughs> yeah. they called it last year. That was like the top word. Yeah. Pivot. I yeah. mean, that's what it is. It's adaptive. You mm -hmm. have to learn how to adapt. And my parents got divorced before I was two. Okay. And then we lived in different areas. So we were always moving around always different schools and all this different stuff. So you had to be able to adapt to your environment, adapt to your people or who are, who's around you or adapt to the situations. So yeah. that's the thing. Like I always had to learn, which they call it pivoting, you know, mm -hmm. now, but yeah. it's to adapt. So it's like, if that shuts down, that door closes right now and you can exhaust it. You know what I'm saying here? But you have to also know like time to say, what am I going to do next? Not sit back and go, oh man, you know, because what's that doing? What's that doing that all that time that you just wasted yeah. worrying about what it could have should have type stuff. You could have been putting that towards the next venture. Absolutely. And, and don't worry about failing. That's the thing. Like people think, because I think cause they just, it's so much social media. Mm -hmm. They think that everybody just is so perfect and they just, everything just works out and then they never have failure. <laughs> they never like fail. They're always succeeding. Every time you go to YouTube, it's like a person is like, yeah, I'm a very successful person. I'm always succeeding. And, you know, right now I'm eating lobster in my million dollar <laughs> mansion. And that's my cars, you know, behind me. And it's like, no, look, bro, like, look, nobody has that. You know what I'm saying? They, even the people that have, are born into it, they still fail. <laughs> they still have huge challenges. So stop living like a highlight reel mm. and show the reality. You know what I mean? Because mm. that's what it's like. And when things don't work out, just move forward. Just continue moving forward because yeah. fail fast. Life. Yeah, you're living life. You know, don't beat yourself up because that's what happens. And 
don't compare yourself to somebody else. Like what they call that the imposter mm-hmm. syndrome. I hear that sometimes, but it's like, you know, be you and yep. understand that just because it looks like that person has always been successful. They have it. They've been through challenges. They're just not talking about it yet, or they haven't put the book out yet. They're waiting to put the book out. So that's what the book is. The book's all about the, right. the challenges. You're like, oh, okay. But those are some of the things. There's sometimes you get caught up, but it's a human nature. Yeah. There are going to be some little things that are going to catch you enough. And then hopefully you have your support circle that's mm. going to like go, hey, you know, like, don't worry about it. Just move, you know, it's cool. Yeah. I think that's so huge is having that support circle. Like you mentioned, so many people yeah. I mean, you hear so many successful people say that it's who you have around you and everything to help you kind of weather those storms and to, to help support and guide. And yeah, I think that's huge. Or kick um, your butt. Yeah. Or get you in the gear. Yeah. Where you're supposed like, to be yeah. going. You do motivational speaking too. I thought I saw, right? I guess if that's what it's called. Uh, so, speaking. Speak, yeah. I don't do know. Speaking. I never put a, like a title on it. I just. I gotcha. How do you inspire? Like, what's your mission? Like, how do you want to inspire people? Inspire them to do what? Be the best, to be the best that they can be. I want them to find whatever is inside them that's right there that they just don't know it. You know, maybe it's there, but they just haven't brought it out. Like, they haven't intensified it. Also, be positive. You know, be creative. Don't hold anything back. If you want to try something, then do it. If you want to start a business, do it. You know, go for it. Just... Just yeah. go for it. Like get that breath of fresh air, you know, read that life. Those are the things like we talk about, of course you can be inspired, but you got to put action towards it. I can have all the inspiration I want, but I got to put action. I can be like, I'm so inspired. <laughs> you know, it, you have to put actionable steps behind it though, too. That's a big point. Yeah. You can think and wish and hope and dream all this stuff, but without action, nothing's yeah. going to change or happen or anything. Yeah. I mean, you know, the inspire started when I was wearing it on my shirt and I went to go speak. And then when I went to this middle school and it was like seventh and eighth graders, 250 kids or something like that, we just saw like the impact that that had on them. They were like, they wanted to be better. They wanted to do something. They wanted to like change. You know, they wanted the reaction of that. And we were like, we got to make this public. And that was kind of like, it became more public instead of me just wearing it when I went to go speak. It was like, wait a minute. And then like, so that started like with the seed and then it grows into the tree. Mm. Then each person that either purchases or wears Inspire it grows a different branch of the tree. I've had people that have been battling cancer, mm-hmm. you know, so before they do their chemo treatment, they wear their Inspire shirt or they are doing dialysis. They're like, I got to have my Inspire shirt on when I do my dialysis. And you're like, wow. And then of course, there's just other people that just wear it because they feel good about, you know, it just makes them feel good. Yeah. It's like the brand of inspiration or something. You know, That's it's cool. that beam of light that just kind of makes them shine and it uplifts them at the same time. You know, I had one person that wanted to skydive with the shirt. Like they <laughs> must have the shirt to skydive. They just had to have it. You know, I was like, wow. It doesn't have to be a barrier that you have to wear it. It can be anything. Because inspiration yeah. comes from, inspiration is infinite. It's like, you know, music, a person's quote, a book, a movie, someone that you just run into, a random stranger that you're just observing. You're like, wow, that's pretty. It's something that you observe that you go, wow. Man, like that was cool. That that's was, awesome. Yeah. So and going so forward, continue to inspire people with this. Do you have big goals this year for the brand or, or anything you're looking yeah. forward to? The airports. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're in phase two right now of getting the Inspire brand into the airports that are in Michigan right now. That's the awesome. start. So Flint and Detroit. I think there's another one. 
I think it would say the Flint Inspire and then the regular Inspire, like Michigan Inspire and then Detroit Inspire. So we have like certain destination for that area and stuff, which can go anywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? With something like that, you could take it on to the whole world. But you have to start, at least start here so that we can figure out the process, the bugs, Mm. the key, you know, like with anything, you know, someone puts out, they develop an app or they develop anything. There's always going to be like things that you got to work out to make it better, to make it more efficient, you know, to run faster, to run better, to cut the cost, you know, to bigger margins or whatever it is, you know, all those things are going to come in play. So once we finally jump into the water and swim with this, then we can kind of figure out, okay, so this is how we lower the cost Mm. so that both of us win and stuff like that. Or how do we get it to the airport faster, like the delivery service? Yeah. You know, all those things you're going to look at and analyze and what works, what doesn't work. You have the big goal, like to be, have it around the world, you know, all over, but you're being realistic and saying, okay, what do I need to do? Reverse engineer this. Where do I need to start? Okay. We need to start here in Michigan. You got to get this figured out. And then it's like, you have to walk before you can run kind of thing. You've got to get to that point and try and fail smaller as you're trying to get bigger. Right. That's funny that you said, because you imagine if a baby ran before it ever crawled, (laughs) right. It'd be like, one world. <laughs> yeah. They'd be running into walls and everything. <laughs> right. That's why they crawl first. They look yep. at their hands. They're like, oh, I'm discovering. I'm discovering. Like, that's the exact thing. You know, if we do those things in our life, just as a child is born and goes through its stages, that's exactly how we should be handling business or yeah. probably anything. You know, really, to tell you the truth, because if you pay attention to that, the natural process of that, you see them. Mm. They're like observing and then all of a sudden they're rolling or they can roll on their back or their stomach or something. And they do like the little airplane thing or, and then all of a sudden they're crawling, you know, and it's the time frame too. think about yep. that. Yep. They don't do it overnight because they're not going to know what to do with it. They do it on the timing. Same thing with business. If you are successful too fast, you could crash. It's all about like, what is the timing on the timing and taking and also executing. Mm-hmm. Like don't also stall it out too. take the risk. That's what an entrepreneur is. Yeah. You're risk takers, man. Yeah. That's the most beautiful thing about it. We can take risks. That's what an entrepreneur does. We take risk. Right. If it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. We Pivot. take more risk. Right. That's, That's awesome. The, you just have to be able to handle the risk when it doesn't go your way. Just pick yourself back up and do something else or do it again or stick with it. You know, if you talk to yeah. the people that have businesses, a lot of them have shut down three or four times before they really got the big start or they were in debt, you know, or something. You're like, wow. But like they say, you know, it's better to make like a $10 mistake than a million dollars. You know what I mean? So that allows you all this process and all this time Mm -hmm. to really get your stuff together. The main thing is, is you truly want to do it. You know, if you stick with it, are you, you know, are you, why, why are you doing it? Is this your truth? Is this what you really want to do? Yep, you're waking up is huge. Yep. right you wake up every day why do you do it you want to see you want to better other people's lives you know you yeah. want to be able to provide a service and see other people's quality of life better at the mm. same time with what's going on with what you're doing yeah you would like to be able to have a house and transportation and a family or you know like those are the things that you want to do and then you'll be able to support it but obviously don't you want to be able to give back you want to improve you want to improve the world but you got to change people. You got to improve mm. people to change the world, you know? That's awesome. And it starts there. You can't yeah. change the world without changing the people. 
Exactly, Eric. And you're doing that. That's the cool thing. Just with what you're doing with your story, it truly is. And it's going to sound cliche. It truly is inspirational. It's inspiring. And so, so glad that you were able to come on Pencil Leadership and share your story, share about what you're doing, share about how you want to inspire. Before we kind of wrap things up, I do ask one question of all my guests to get their reply. And it has to do with the five traits of pencil leadership. The fifth trait being that pencil is different than a pen or a paintbrush and it has a unique purpose. It was created with a unique purpose to leave a positive mark. And so that being said, for us, for you, when everything is said and done for you here on earth, what do you hope your positive mark is? That I was always there to be able to help someone. I didn't turn them down. You know, I was always there, like whether empower them or to talk to them or whatever, you know, when I could. And it was all about to improve their quality of life because sometimes mm-hmm. people don't know. They're isolated. They don't know the potential that they have right. until someone comes and shows them or mentors them. So I guess that would be the biggest thing because that seems like what it's always been, you know, for the 43 years so far. So, I mean, why change the direction? You know what I'm saying? If it's that good direction, you know, don't fight it, you know, go with it. Uh, Even if it's not what you thought it was when you were a child, you know, but it kind of is because I have the inspire line, the clothing, and that does that message. Yep. So it's all in line with the advocating for people with disabilities. You know, I was on hip hop stage at one time or at that time when didn't get shot and then I just performed on a different stage and was able to help a lot of people. That's a great so, point to perform on the stage you're given, you know, how yeah, I like you can that. make a difference. I like that quote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like that. Perform on the stage you're given. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Wow. Amazing, amazing story, Eric. Thank you so much for being on and sharing that. You're just your wisdom, your inspiration for the audience. Where can people find out more about you, about your Inspire line and get connected with you? Uh, first thing I would just do is Google Eric Patrick Thomas. You'll see this pages and articles and videos and social media. Cool. But also my personal social media, Facebook is Eric Patrick Thomas. Twitter is Eric P. Thomas. And then Instagram's Eric Patrick Thomas. And then cool. for the Inspire, it's Inspire Shirt on Facebook, Inspire Shirt on Twitter, and then Inspire Shirt number one on Instagram. Why nice. they made us link to number one when <laughs> it was available, I don't know. And then the website's InspireShirt.com. Yeah, I mean, it'd be great. Anybody that goes on Amazon or goes on our website, makes purchases, I'm grateful. And if you do, message me so I know. So you can make some pictures and I can share it. Yeah. You know, send me photos of wearing the Inspire stuff so I can get it out there and you know, I'm always happy to share and share your story too. You know, why, you know, what's it do for you? That's you awesome. know what I mean? Share your inspire story because when you do that and they empower other people and save yeah, a so, lot of people actually. So true. And so everybody, yeah, definitely check Eric out, get connected with him, go grab your inspire shirt and start inspiring others. Eric, again, thank you so much for being on pencil leadership today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thanks so much for tuning into this episode today. If you found value at all from this episode, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It just helps us get this show, these messages out in front of more people. And don't forget to share this with someone who you think could benefit from listening to as well. Now let's go out and be pencil leaders.